Rejoice at all times, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is God's will in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Keep away from every form of evil. Has anyone told you that you should be thankful or more thankful? Or maybe you have an inner concern with your thankfulness levels. As we just celebrated Thanksgiving, maybe you saw the many posts of friends and family on social media sharing about how thankful they are. And maybe you asked yourself, why do I not feel thankful? Why is it hard to smile? On one hand, we tell children to express their gratitude when someone does something for them or gives something for them. But sometimes the older we get, thankfulness and joy can be hard to muster. This is simply because there is so much that we are not thankful for. War, injustice, economic stress, disagreements, disunity, a sense that on a personal level we lose more than we might win, or a sense that when we do have a victory, it's short-lived. The next challenge of life is always just around the corner. The list of things that we are not thankful for goes on and on. When we hear Paul's words from 1 Thessalonians 5.18 saying, In everything give, give thanks, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus for you, I immediately have questions. Because it's easy for some of us to pay attention to what could go wrong, or we move through the world with a constant amount of skepticism, worry, or fear. As I read Paul saying, In everything give thanks, I want to ask truly mean in everything? What about this? What about that? Like us, we can imagine that the Thessalonians had many things on their list that they were not thankful for. Yet early in the letter, Paul encourages them for the joy that they have maintained since receiving the gospel. And towards the end of 1 Thessalonians, Paul desires that the Thessalonians grow in their capacity of hope, love, and joy. I often find it difficult to have some of these characteristics, but Paul and the other writers of 1 Thessalonians are sort of suggesting that more is possible. At this current moment, perhaps you are unsure of how much more love hope, and joy you can rally within your heart. What makes Paul's words even more difficult is he doesn't give us specific reasons other than because this is God's will. He simply writes, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus for you. It's the lack of reasons that Paul puts forth that concerns me. But rather at looking at what Paul isn't saying, let's look and think about for a moment what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that God, in Christ Jesus, wills us to give thanks. Another option is this. God, in Christ Jesus, desires that we are thankful. It's like Paul is simply saying, 
if God had a Christmas list, if God could make one thing a reality for each one of us, it would be an enduring thankfulness, a thankfulness that bubbles up even in the darkest and hardest of times. But notice, it's not a thankfulness defined around how things are going for myself materially or mentally. It's not a thankfulness based on some abstract future. It's a thankfulness on something concrete, on Jesus, on the Jesus event, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. I like what Walter Brueggemann says in the prophetic imagination about the death of Jesus and its significance. He writes, The crucifixion of Jesus should not be understood as the sacrifice of a noble man, nor should we theorize about that event. Rather, we might see the crucifixion of Jesus as the ultimate act of protest, in which Jesus announces the end of the world of death and takes that death into his own person. The age of death is over. And when we place our story into the story of Jesus, it's like the age of death is coming always and at all times to an end. This means that we can rejoice in Jesus at all times, not because we don't feel the sting of pain, not because we don't hear those fears within, but because we know that in some strange and mysterious way, that they are temporary. They are not the end. It's as if Paul is reminding us that only life lives forever. Recently, I was reading Luther E. Smith's Jr. new book, Hope is Here, and he lifted up Martin Luther King Jr., saying that, In the middle of the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King Jr. spoke about the goals of him and the other civil rights leaders being certain. Another example he lifts up is Desmond Tutu during apartheid in South Africa. And Tutu was able to say during apartheid that it was over. And I think the reason is, is because both of these individuals, they sort of knew that their fight was against something, their fight was against something that was dead and dying. Their fight was not against life. Their fight was against death. And Jesus is against that fight against death. Only life lives forever. If we are truly to consider a life where we can give thanks in all circumstances, it means we have to think about Jesus a little bit differently. It means we cannot think about Jesus as a static event or an occurrence, something that happened long ago in the past. But we have to realize that what Jesus offers us is life and support here and now. The offering of Jesus was once for all, but it was also once for always. The same Jesus who met you at that crucial crossroads 
is the same Jesus who meets you today, at this moment, under this circumstance. The same Jesus who showered you with life in that moment of death is the same Jesus who showers you in the dead places of now. Paul says just a few verses down in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, that the one who calls us, the one who showers our lives with life is faithful and is able to sanctify us completely. What I like about this idea of thinking about Jesus as being able to meet us now is that Jesus can meet the needs of our hearts in this moment that we live in. Jesus is sort of like a well or a water tower. We may decipher our needs or problems differently depending on what we are facing, but we can give thanks. We give thanks because that well remains and offers to meet us and shower us with life. Jesus endures and remains. And the more and more that I rely on Jesus, the more I see and experience life flowing in and around me because of Jesus, the more thankfulness I can generate. And not a frivolous thankfulness, but an enduring, deep thankfulness. When I was 19, I found myself in an interesting moment. I was working for an inner city missions organization in Denver, Colorado. In many ways, things were so great. I had this list of reasons why I should be thankful. I was part of a healthy church. I was contributing to the music team. I was doing doing meaningful work throughout the week. But truth be told, I was lonely and having a hard time feeling settled and calm. And in a moment of weakness, I thought to myself, there must be some good religious thing I can do to solve this. And so I realized that although I was part of a church, I wasn't regularly giving financially. Now, I didn't have much to give, which was the reason why I wasn't. I was barely making ends meet. But I had this sneaking suspicion that the reason why I was in a funk was because I was not giving financially. Now this sounds silly now, but that's where I was. I was just in this moment of dizzying agony. And so I rushed, I got my computer, I went to the church's website, and I gave what little I had. Now, you're probably hearing this and saying that this story can either either go two ways. Either the heavens opened or nothing changed at all. Well, I'll tell you, nothing changed at all. If anything, after I gave, I was more confused. I gave. I was trying to live a faithful life, and surely giving money would help me be more faithful and thus more okay. But I was so wrong. Because the reality of what I needed in that moment was to simply acknowledge that Jesus offers me life right then and right there. Rather than seeing that Jesus could meet me in that moment, like Jesus had met me in those other moments, I started to think 
that I should do something, that I should do something else to make Jesus happy with me. Quite simply, I was focused on my feeble, limited abilities rather than the limitless possibilities of God. I was too focused on what I couldn't do rather than what God could do. Friends, wherever you find yourself at this moment, know that Jesus offers you life. Jesus showers our lives with life. Jesus can meet us today in the same way that Jesus met us in the past. Let us turn from darkness and death. Let us turn from those things that are just passing away, that are not of life. And let us turn to Jesus, who can give us perpetual and enduring joy.